0: Yes, welcome back to the tradies, Sam McClure and Mitch Cleary. Each week we talk you through the trading, the buying, and the selling of AFL players. Season one, episode 16. Mitch, welcome. Hello, Samuel. How are you? Couldn't be better. Lots to get to. Um, West Coast, yeah, absolutely the talking point of football right now for obvious reasons. Uh, we're not gonna get too caught up in the politics. As we do on this show, every week we look at all footy issues through the prism of trade and player movement. So, let's have a really good look at what they can do. And I think we've got some good whiteboard items coming up. But firstly, have you done your homework? I have. You watched The Departed. I watched The Departed. Long long flick, two and a half hours. That, that's the first thing that you've got to say about The Departed is that it was long.
1: Uh, two and a half hours is a big chunk out of it's anyone's like day. at the Mona Lisa and being like, jeez, it's smaller than I thought. It was. Well, well, that, it is true. That's true. Um, unreal flick. Martin's course says he did his best. Thank you. Uh, I gave it four and a half stars. Wow! And actually, my girlfriend and I watching it last night on the couch. Hello, Kate. Uh, suggested we should do this every week. Sam should put up a movie. Happy to. Uh, I've to got, watch
0: every week. I've got a list longer than my um, to, to give you.
1: <laughs> it's one of those movies that you really need to follow along. It's not really a flick through the phone. You need oh, to be, no. You need to be keyed in. Yeah. See, the good thing about movie night is that
0: you just put the phone yes. away, not even on the couch. It was needs to go on the kitchen bench. Yeah, you put it on loud so if mum rings or whatever, you know. Yeah. So I had a lot of feedback. I don't know if you did a lot of feedback <laughs> about mentioning the departed. It's funny the little things set people off. Yeah. And I'm obviously not on socials as you know, but. As my phone rings. I, I got a screenshot from our producer, Scott, from uh, Alex Bishop on Instagram. Well, oh, you know list- it's serious when they cop the surname. <laughs> <laughs> Sam listing the cast of The Departed all the way down to Martin Sheehan, but failing to mention Jack fucking Nicholson, <laughs> the best actor of the last 60 years, is insane. <laughs> and I went back and I went, it's so like, totally true. I completely forgot about him. I listed like seven actors yeah. and didn't get to Jack Nicholson. But Alex... Oh, what i would say to you is that when you when you say things like this don't go too hard with your language so if you cut the message off halfway through i would have said yeah fair play you're right i forgot jack nicholson yeah i shouldn't last act best actor of the last 60 years he's not even the best actor in the fucking movie <laughs> like come on don't get caught up in oscars alex don't who- get caught up in that sort of stuff jack nicholson's performance in the departed i didn't i forgot about him because his performance was forgettable he wasn't very good in it who are you three 2 one and and you know what sometimes players have bad games that's okay. Gary Ablett played bad games. Chris Judd played played bad, bad games. Wayne Carey occasionally played a bad game. And that's what happened here. That's okay. Okay. We move on. But best actor of the last sixty years. No.
1: I'll go three, two, and one, DiCaprio. Oh, three. Yeah. Yeah, by by so far it doesn't matter. I'm actually gonna go Nicholson. Two. No, that's
0: wrong. Damon one. Yeah, no. Damon gets two. He was excellent in it. And one is clearly Mark Wahlberg, who's in right. it in it for about eighteen seconds and <laughs> kicks three and has 14 touches
1: and uh anyway um we move on now i've been excited to come into the studio because i got a little tip on the weekend this will be good you've been very hot on fashion and actually i'm dressing a bit more casual than you today which is rare you've got the squash club jumper on which i'm very much liking the yep. forest green on you yep squash have branched from board shorts into the into the jumpers so i'm liking their new range <laughs> um little birdie told me that you were spotted with a balenciaga bum bag in the press box in the press box at the G on the weekend <laughs> and the fact that you haven't said anything yet well, what do I what do you, what do I have to say I went to Southland today <laughs> first mistake <laughs> second mistake it was a school holidays that's where kids were with balenciaga bum bags I don't think personally I Southland yeah. Are you sure? There's kids getting around on school holidays. In Balenciaga? Yeah. Okay. For me, like- now, oh, oh, it's probably one more for our listeners. The press box of the G doesn't feel like the place for the Balenciaga bum bag. Mitch, in, in due respect to our fine colleagues
0: in football, you could wear Nike track bottoms in there and be almost best dressed. <laughs> I mean, it's not exactly the, yeah. the, 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 the ultimate fashion. It's not exactly the pinnacle of fashion, is it? No, it's not. No. Especially uh, when there's types like us rolling around don't put me in the same basket as did you do not <laughs> use us yeah I'm glad that glad that the bum bag got a mention um what 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 goes in there for a game day it's a, it's a great question uh accreditation yep sunglasses keys yeah Airpods. chewing gum a, a, any other things I need you know how cricketers um, um, film uh, like
1: this is what I'm taking my bag you know I've got the six pairs of gloves yep. bat pads can you film us a, a game day Balenciaga pack yeah no no. Yeah, I won't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving right along. Now, it has on a semi-serious note, It's you've had a pretty big week. Yeah. With the Clayton and all the stuff. Oh, I thought you meant the Departed. And the Departed Yes. Two. No, I have. So, what What happened? Because I got, like most of football fans in Australia, got the WhatsApp message of a screenshot of yep. what looked like your tweet. Yes. I feel like I'm pretty good at recognizing, just because I've seen so many of them, a fake when I get sent one. So, I knew pretty quickly. Yeah. But a lot of people would have taken that as gospel. Yeah. And basically you're saying that Simon Goodwin and Melbourne were about to hold a press conference around a breach of the illicit drug policy. Yep. Which is about a bigger story in football as exists.
1: Yeah. So, so ta- take me through what happened. I, was, I went down to Geelong early on Thursday afternoon for the game that night. I uh, was just minding my own business in Geelong. I'd actually popped in to see mum briefly before the game that night and did a bit of work from home. Great. Um, before heading to GMHBA Stadium. And... I got a couple of messages from people at Melbourne saying, what's this about? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. There was no screenshot of the tweet attached to that stage. And it wasn't until maybe half an hour later, I was getting screenshots from people on Twitter, Instagram, mates, people in the industry with a screenshot of this tweet suggesting, as you say, that Simon Goodwin and Clayton Oliver were about to hold a press conference. And what someone had done was actually Photoshopped my photo and Twitter handle on top of another tweet. Right. So... Just to make it clear, someone was mimicking my account. It was actually a tweet that never made it to Twitter. It was a photoshopped image, so it was never actually. Yep. Quite often, you'll see people uh, make take off accounts where you know Mitch Cleary will be Mitch Cleary, but the seven will be a six, or something yeah, like that. or yep. the um, the L in my surname will be a capital I. Yep. So it's almost. Looks exactly looks the same. Look like the exactly the same, but this never I don't think actually appeared on Twitter. It was simply a photoshopped image of someone mimicking my account. So this is Thursday. Informed everyone at Melbourne and Seven that this had nothing to do with me. I then went to the ground. I actually bumped into Simon Goodwin, and we had a bit of a chat about it pre-game. Um, I said I went up to him and said, "Hey, Simon." Uh, obviously I'd spoken to people in the media team and other people at Melbourne outside the senior coach throughout the day. But Simon and I actually just crossed paths. He was walking to his Fox footy interview. I was heading down to the boundary to uh, yep. chat to, to Tommy Brown on the boundary. And I said, hey, Simon, just quickly- um- Just quickly. <laughs> and he went tradies. Yeah, no, I've heard it. <laughs> um, that tweet that was doing the rounds today, nothing to do with me. I'm sure the the, group, the crew at Melbourne have told you about it. And he was like, yeah, no, all good. Don't worry. Like, oh, that's good. Completely understand. That's good. That's um, good. And then he's well known for being quite a reasonable and affable person, so it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah.
1: and gets it. Um, it. Alan Richardson was really strong that night with you on AW. Yeah, Uh, and then he was strong on Channel Nine that night too. Goody himself, post game in the presser, came out and smashed the rumours. Now no one physically mentioned me. But the next 24 your hours at 5 it's been attached to the, the it. The yep. 24 hours at five. So Friday. So this was Thursday night. Friday morning comes around, and I think the perception from many were that Richardson's comments on AW with you on nine and Goodwin post game in the press comments were actually directed at me. That's that was the. That I was, don't think any reasonable person no. would have thought that. And that was the feedback I was getting is people coming to me going, "How do you still have your job?" You Who's saying that? What on Twitter? People, but people on Twitter. But also, the, the the thing that tipped me over to actually put a tweet out myself on the Friday was I had a mate in Queensland who doesn't follow footy, messaging me about it. A mate in WA who rarely follows footy or this sort of thing, messaging me about it. Dad rang me with a mate from work saying, oh, what's this tweet that we've been shared in my brother's WhatsApp group? So I was. it was sort of going beyond just the footy circle. You, you called me on Thursday afternoon to see- Yeah, I was uh, what mainly was just on. saying if you were okay. There's, yeah. Because I know what it's like when the world feels like it's imploding. Yeah. Thursday, it actually didn't feel it hadn't got out of hand, but it felt like Friday it sort of started to go beyond just okay, the Okay, so why circles. did this become a news story? I think it became a news story because the club was so strong about it on the Thursday night with Alan Richardson. It's done, it's over, it's move on. In terms of Channel 7 covering it on the Friday, is yeah. that what you're getting at? Yeah, well, why? Clayton Clayton spoke about it. So I think it was a news story because the club had spoken about how it had affected Clayton and his family. And then Kate Massey from Seven News actually got Clayton talking about it on the record, talking about the impact that it had on his family. Did she just get him as a random doorstop walking somewhere? Because he was going in for scans, right? So she got him going for scans on his hamstring, which was the other layer to all this. But also asked him a few questions about the uh, the rumours going around, and him opening up on that. That's where we felt, given nine and you know the club had put it on the record the night before, Clayton talking about it. It was a it was a fair enough news story. But you, you did a grab for 7 News, didn't you? I did. Why? Because... Did you get asked to do that? Well, it was either show my tweet or, or, or... I was happy to, to either put my tweet on the news or give a grab. But you don't... Th- th- there's nothing that you have to say. You didn't do anything. No, I didn't. But for, for personally, for me, it, it had gone that people... The perception of people outside footy, and I know you say any reasonable person, but there was people out there. I had family and friends ringing me about this tweet, asking if, if I'd sent it. So if that was if, if, to me, I thought the viewer needs to know that it it wasn't from me. So I was happy to either show my tweet, uh, you know, correcting that there was never a tweet sent from me. But then work suggested that how about we do a grab, and I was like, no dramas. I just can't believe
0: that we've got to a point where. You have to clarify something that you didn't do. Why do you have to give a grab? And and then the second lead story on the Herald Sun website all the Friday and Saturday yeah. was reporter caught up in bombshell Oliver rumours. That, but that's just crap. No, no, you're not. You weren't caught up in it at all. And by the way, the more this sort of stuff happens, the more that the person out there going, geez, all I had to do was spend four and a half minutes on Photoshop and I've made it news. Like, it's encouraging those people.
1: So, personally- If if
0: Clayton wants to address the rumors that have been going around on WhatsApp, that is his prerogative. And I I felt for him all weekend about what he would have been going through. But to somehow have to attach- you to it for something that you didn't do is outrageous, to be honest.
1: Thursday, I had no plans to send a tweet or address it, but it was only because the club came out so swiftly and and attacking the rumors, which many in many people's eyes thought was attached to me. And then I felt that family and friends, if if it was of their view that the tweet was from me somehow, I thought, well, the wider public might be thinking that. Uh, I want to knock this on the head. Yeah. I just didn't think you
0: had to explain yourself. I really didn't. I, I really felt for you because I just fe- I just thought you could have been supported in a better way. Anyway, it's good that it's all behind us. Yeah, you got to just quickly. You're looking at me like you've got to just quickly.
1: No, it's just good now that we can focus on Clayton's hamstring, which is still a watch ahead of Sunday to see yes. how he gets up or not, because he is an important player for them. Yes, just try not to tweet anything that oh. doesn't come from your account.
0: <laughs> okay, let's straighten up. Let's uh, let's get into the whiteboard. Mitch, yep. I'm going to kick things off here because uh, you were pretty strong on this a few episodes ago. Talked about a potential fire sale yeah. at the West Coast Eagles. To use that the heating metaphor, it's reached boiling point, hasn't Ooh. it? And the 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 fire sale sign is is up outside. Yeah, it's it's being it's being hammered in into the grass and and everyone is starting to now hunt the West Coast Eagles in their best players, and I think one of them has to be Elliot Yeo. Yeah. Um, really interesting contract story. So, 2017, he's playing really good footy. They give him a five-year deal. He's 24 at the time. Um, No one really blinks an eyelid. West Coast are um, are a powerhouse. They're going very well. Yo's part of that really important midfield group that involved the likes of Gaff and and, and Sheed coming through and Shuey. WA guy too. WA guy. Wins the premiership the next year. Has a really good year personally. Polls a lot of Brownlow votes. And the, the deal, you know, it's just paid for itself. Like They just want a flag, yeah. right? He's on big money, but so what? He gets towards the end of the five-year deal and they extend him from instead of the end of 23 to the end of 24. So he's contracted for next year. And then the bottom has fallen out of the West Coast Eagles. Now, he's on really good money. He's on upwards of 700 grand, but he's been worthwhile that. So th- mm-hmm. there's no... I'm not looking at West Coast and saying, you shouldn't have done that deal, right? Yeah. It, it is what it is. I think there are a lot of other deals that have, have set them back more than yo. But when you look at the players that can get some value. The obvious one is Barras, who you've put on the whiteboard a couple of weeks ago. Yep. He's you know first-round draft pick and probably a high one. And
1: given, clubs are coming for him.
0: Given how how hard it is to find those sort of players. Yo is a fascinating one because there are some previous examples you can look to around. okay, what's his value? He's 29, he's 30 in October, so he's gonna be a 30-year-old from the start of next year. How much footy has he got left in him? Got a year on his contract. Now, if you look at, say, Tom Mitchell leaving Hawthorne yeah. at Collingwood. There's some comparisons, very similar age, and uh, Mitchell, a very good player for a very long time over two clubs. And the difference is is that Mitchell was almost helped out the door by Hawthorne because they thought that the likes of Mitchell and O'Meara were holding back your McDonald's, McKenzie's, Day's, Mm. you know, the guys that we're seeing starting to flourish under Sam Mitchell. So they were happy to do that and pay some of his wage. Now, the interesting thing for the West Coast Eagles is by the very fact that of how bad they are, they've lost leverage. And also, he's not holding anyone back. Like, they're picking from 25, 26 blokes mm. a week. So it's not as though Elliot Yo playing in the midfield is hurting or stunting the development of guys coming through. So I want to take you all the way back to the great former Tiger, former giant, Brett DeLidio. Now, Brett wants to leave the Tigers at the end of 2016. Mm -hmm. He's been there for a long time. We know how much it loved he was at Punt Road. So the Giants come knocking and he's contracted and they say, look, you've had your injury worries.
1: A bit like, sorry, go on. Had the soft tissue been an issue at Richmond? I'm trying to think back. Had it been as, obviously it it took hold at the Giants for Lids. but
0: Yeah, it had been. So he only played 11 games in his last season at Richmond. So they say, look, we'll give you, I think, what ended up being an end of first round draft pick and a third rounder. From off the top of my head, uh, it was Geelong's pick that they had, so it ended up being late first round. So you can check that. But D- Deledio goes. I think they end up parting with a first rounder, late first rounder, and a third rounder that they throw in. They give Richmond a really good deal for him, given his age and injury profile. But the key is Richmond. Richmond end up paying. You know more than more than half of his eight hundred thousand dollar contract. Right. The next year, so the Giants are sitting there going, "Well, we're getting our eight hundred thousand dollar play for three hundred thousand. Like it doesn't matter if we, we've got picks coming up the waz- out of the wazoo. Like yeah, it doesn't matter what we give for it." At the time, that risk and the three year deal that DeLedio signed was on paper. It, it's just a no brainer. You just roll the mm-hmm. dice. The Giants are entering the window. Yeah. Remembering and- the Tigers haven't started their, their run yet. And picks for the Giants clearly don't mean as much for others. Yeah. So, it just go, I'll go back to, to my point. I'm going to harp, um, harp on about Delidio and Mitchell too much. If there is a team out there that can say, we can we can get the likes of an Elliott Yo for not much and only pay him $400,000 a year because West Coast are paying $300,000 of it, well, we're going to look at that. And I'm telling you, Mitch, they are coming out of the woodwork clubs, right, fairly, yo. I'm not saying he's going to leave that footy club because he's a loyal guy, he's contracted. He may just say, look, I'm I'm staying. I'm sticking around. I want to see the kids mm-hmm. come through. But clubs will offer him multi-year deals and West Coast don't have much leverage in, in how much they can let him go for. I mean, Tom Mitchell ended up being traded for two third-rounders that, that was, was what Cooper Stevens and something
1: else? Yeah, it was, a, it was a three-way trade caught up in the Ollie Henry deal. Right. So, Henry went to Geelong, Pies got Mitchell, uh, Cooper Stevens went from Geelong to Hawthorne and the, the Hawks got another pick, but it was in the 40s, I believe.
0: I mean, look, it's just a stupidly good deal for Collingwood. Yeah. And they're so, they've are so they been so clever about it. And I've been on the record. I think Hawthorne should have kept Tom Mitchell. I think they cut too thin and I think they could have developed the guys coming through while rotating Mitchell through the midfield.
1: It's just a personal opinion. Hawks got Cooper Stevens pick 41 and pick 50. Yeah. Plus, they're paying, they're paying some of his wage to pay for the pies. So, if you're a club out there needing an extra
0: bit of grunt in the midfield- and uh, we've talked about the clubs that need it. Essendon, Melbourne, Carlton, yep. Gold Coast. You know, like all, all those teams, even Sydney, you know, to a degree, um, who need a l- little bit of that inside ball. He, he's a no-brainer to look at and say, we'll give you an end of second round pick. Yeah. And we're only giving you the end of second round pick because uh, you're going to pay for almost half his wage.
1: Yeah, I like it. I, I really do. And a fit Elliot Yo, and that's the big if, given his body concerns over the last yeah. 12, 24 months. Is as good as he's in the top thirty players in the comp for me when he's up and going. Top thirty, you reckon? When he's up and going, it's been a little while since we've seen that. In the, in that grand final year, he was in my view in the top thirty players in the comp.
0: Yeah, played every game of of uh, twenty eighteen, played every game of twenty nineteen, and then just hasn't been able to put it yeah. together. Um, so he's played thirty two games in the last three and a half seasons. But I think at his at his price, at his
1: ability, and at what it is going to cost you, yeah, it's a no brainer that that you look at him. And you look at the clubs that have extra first round picks and it probably doesn't need to be even a first round no, pick no, in the it current doesn't. climate. No, 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 it's, it's not that. It's, but, you know, clubs that have got flexibility, Melbourne North and the Western Bulldogs all have an extra first rounder pick. And yeah, like I said, it probably doesn't even need to be the first rounder.
0: Yeah. Well, does he fit in at Melbourne? I mean, maybe they've got some good midfield depth. I'm of the Luke Beveridge 2016 mold that you can never really have too many good midfielders.
1: Yeah. But
0: but every list, list manager... Is different with that,
1: yeah, and it depends on
0: your profile of what you've got at either
1: end as well. So, if you're West Coast, what are you doing that deal for? Because you're you're about to embark on the biggest rebuild of your club's history. Anything inside pick thirty, yeah. Anything with a two in front of it, I'm doing it,
0: and I'm happily paying him a little bit. Elliot Yo's not going to be there for that. They, they haven't bottomed out yet.
1: Yeah, they haven't, and I want to get to all that a little later. Just on that and the way clubs think in these scenarios. Let's say Elliot Yo's on eight hundred thousand dollars, just you know, as a ballpark figure for twenty twenty four. Yeah. If it's the Eagles, that. if the Eagles were to pay uh three or four hundred thousand dollars of that and it means that four to five hundred thousand dollars is off his books, you, you get it in, say, for pick twenty five, you go to the draft of pick twenty five, next year you're actually only paying a hundred thousand dollars. So it's a it's a four hundred thousand dollar save. That's huge. That's the way clubs do. And then, like we'll get to English, Norton. You know, go and use that money to package up like what Collingwood did with Brody Grundy last year. They they saw his nine hundred thousand dollars off the books. Yeah, they might be paying three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, but the six hundred allowed them to be flexible with Mitchell McStay. You know, they might have to pay Nick Dakos coming through. It's those sort of decisions that you know. Yes, they might be paying some, but the the cost save of actually having the bulk of the, the money off the books helps you in the long run with with managing your books.
0: Yeah, and they they just have to put their their humility bib on at the moment. Yeah, the, the Eagles look. I I understand like kane corns has been strong on this footy club for two years in in fairness to him he has he's been nostradamus really he's led led this for um a long time he has called west coast arrogant and entitled and i fully understand why he's come to that conclusion what what i would say a little bit into trying to um trying to add context is that they won the flag in 18 they doubled down and they went again and and i don't begrudge Mm -hmm. a powerful team like west coast saying let's win one more it hasn't worked and they haven't acted quickly enough from when it hasn't worked, now they've found themselves in a fire sale territory. Yeah. So, that humility bib that I talk about, like, you know, if you hit a ball and golf out into the trees, just just get back on the fairway. Don't try to do stuff that's way too creative. (laughs) I like Like, that. Take your medicine. And they need to take their medicine and swallow it hard because this is going to hit hard.
1: One for my whiteboard that's already up there, centers around the 2019 draft. We go back, I think, four or five weeks ago when we first discussed that. The five players, Ash, Lockie Ash, Dill Stevens, Miles Bergman, Mitch Georgiadis, and Liam Henry are still out of contract five weeks on since we discussed it. I want to to nail down on Liam Henry. His best ever game on the weekend for Freo, 32 touches. Really impressive. Yeah. And it was every bit of the player that Freo thought they were getting At the time and and could well be that player in the end but that was the best liam henry that we saw from his draft year of what the the upside was going to be hoping for at that stage and he's just starting to show that it despite being in and out of the side he's still weighing up whether he wants to stay at that footy club and there's going to be a heap of offers i just want to talk about three in victoria that the clubs that i think will have a look and uh clubs are looking for for outside speed and dash the bulldogs their wings have been a concern and, and still you know remain to be something they can focus on he's got a relationship with Jamari Hagen, so that's something for the Bulldogs to consider whether Liam Henry plus as I mentioned they got the extra first round pick this year given the deal it for helps. Josh Dunkley yeah. last year so they got theirs plus another and they'll look to get rid of those because there's a kid coming through the draft uh, Matthew Croftson next year uh, Jordan Croft that they'll have to move picks on and get a bit flexible with, with moving these, these is, he, is he this draft or this, next this year's oh, draft oh tra- yeah. where do we think he'll go on the draft oh there's people talking top 15, 20 okay. even potentially higher um, then you've got Melbourne they've secured Cosy Pickett we spoke in the pre or earlier in the year about uh, the play to uh, bring in Jace Burgoyne as a trainer and player who's friends with Cosy Pickett yep. so clearly that's in Melbourne's thinking he yeah. has a relationship and that's with, good business with Lamb Henry that makes sense as we said, they've got the first round pick as well as part of the Luke Jackson trade, ironically, from Fremantle. Do Melbourne get involved given they've got their center bounce pretty well sorted for the next few years with Oliver, Petrarca, and Viney? A bit of outside dash mm. uh, might be an option there. And then as we discussed Probably a few need weeks more ago. of a key forward than it. Than it. But, I, but I take your point. Like yeah. if, if he if he said, I want to come to your club, you, yeah.
0: you move heaven and earth to get him. Yeah. But and that, with the flexibility of having the extra draft assets like they do this year. Yeah.
1: But just given what's happening with their forward line at the moment, you'd love one more sort of ready-made kid yeah, to help Van Royen. You would. There's a kid there, Matt Jefferson, who they took in the draft last year or the year before who yep. they've got big wraps on, but it's going to take a little bit of time to come on. And then St Kilda. Stephen Silvani was at Carlton when the Blues bid on Liam Henry when he came through the draft. That forced Freo to take him at the pick they did in the top 10. Uh, now, sauces at the Saints. Yes, they'll be targeting um, Bayside players like a Miles Bergman and these sort of guys. But a um, bit of outside dash with the decision still to come on Jay Gresham, who is well and truly weighing up his footy future right now and has been in a you know lull in form the last couple of weeks. Uh, keep an eye on the Saints for a potential Liam Henry play.
0: Okay, and while you're running hot, the Tom Duday situation. Like I yeah. was at the MCG on Sunday. Everyone talks about how potent their forward line is, which it absolutely is. But they're, they're building something nice behind the ball.
1: They have. And they've struck gold with their rookie to, key rookie backs in Nick Murray and Jordan Bartz. Yep. they went to the draft with Josh Worrell and gave up a good pick in the twenties for him, and, and he's come on with game eight or nine on the weekend. He looks a player. looks a player. Max Micheloni. I can't get enough of this kid at the moment. Like he is that perfect third or fourth key back. Plays above his size. Hmm. Can body. You know, had moments where you know Jamie Elliott got on top on the weekend, but geez, he he played a really good game and. Um, it will be in the top conversation on the you know, top three or four players for the, the rising star this year. So if Duda, who is weighing up his future, I think they've just given him a little bit of space off the back of his ACL surgery in the last two or three weeks. Yep. If he does decide to leave I think they're pretty well sorted in defense with Murray, Butts, Worrell and Micheloni. if it is to be that he leaves. And then they've got a decision to make. If Duday does leave, do you then go and chase Redman? They're clearly in the conversation for, for Mason Redman. But if Duda leaves and Redman comes in, that cancels out the compo for Tom Duda and there'll be a decision for the Adelaide list management team to make. What's Redman going to get money-wise? <laughs> My favorite saying on this show is the free agent. Adds the uh, the the tax of free agency. Does it 10, 15 percent? I still haven't worked that one out. I reckon he's worth every bit of seven fifty to eight hundred thousand dollars a season. Goodness me! What do you reckon? You'd
0: have an ex- if you were building a list. <laughs> if you were building a defence from scratch, you'd have M- M- Mackay, yeah, and and Redmond, <laughs> and you'd be paying him one point five.
1: But I'd still have my draft picks. So uh, they'd
0: be May and Lever, essentially. <laughs> yeah.
1: mm. What do you reckon? Oh, I'd love to be a player coming to your footy club. That's, uh, you yeah. you'd pay well, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, don't forget Mason Redman in, and, and just just like we discussed last week, I just want to talk about him. If the Crows don't pay that seven hundred fifty dollars to $800,000 for him, Essen will match, which will force a trade. And the Crows... Lose picks, then to go and force the trade, like the Jeremy Cameron one from a few years ago. So, what so you're saying is you pay a bit more in the cap, in the you cost you, contract, and, and you save yourself a
0: pick, yeah, or two, or a player.
1: Now, Essendon probably could match a bid, any bid for uh, Mason Redmond with how much. I'm just not letting contractmen go off if I'm Essendon. No, nah. I mean, ultimately, it's not their decision in the end, but will we ever see a club like, say, so let's say Adelaide goes for, for Redmond, yeah, and Essendon match it, yeah, and they just go, all right, well. Hands off! We'll, we'll back out. Yeah,
0: so it's like the Jeremy Cameron Geelong GWS situation, except yeah. except what you're saying is the Cats that, followed through. Yeah, the Cats go, oh, actually, we don't want him. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want him because we thought we were getting him for free. And you play the bluff, and like, oh, you can have Redmond for 850. It's all one big game at poker, isn't it? Um, hey, mm. before we get to nuts and bolts, just just back on the Eagles. So, because I know you, you've got Tim Kelly coming up, which is one of the yeah, you know, value wise, one of the biggest trades of the last 20 years. When you look at what they gave up and where they could be if they didn't. Go after him. Um, you were the first person I can remember to bring up Norton in English. In so far as you know, guys that not just West Coast, but like West Australian clubs will target. So just give us a little rundown on them again when yep. they're out of contract. W- what the dogs will try to do to keep them? Like, are they
1: are they in West Coast plans? Do you think? I think they're well and truly in West Coast plans, and they're at that age where they should be in their plans. Both had a contract at the end of 2024, Tim English and Aaron Norton. Now, English is a free agent at the end of 24, Norton is not. So at the end of 24, Norton will be in his seventh year of AFL footy. Mm. So it's not like West Coast can just go and offer a truckload And but if it was to be Norton they go after next year, they'll have to um, trade for him. Now the theory among other clubs and the, the the thought in the industry is that Norton is less of a flight risk if that's it's probably a bit unfair on Tim English. I guess the theory would be that Tim English is more of a chance to go home than Aaron Norton is.
0: Right, closer to family. Closer to family. His girlfriend's
1: over there playing Yeah, all that sort of stuff matters. Norton's maybe a bit more settled here. He's in the leadership group. Not saying that Tim English, he could turn around tomorrow and sign a six-year deal and say the Bulldogs. Yep. But I think that's the theory that he's maybe a bit more open to a move home than maybe Aaron Norton is right at this point. Okay. And
0: last one for me before Nuts and Bolts, just quickly, and it's not going on the whiteboard. But I just, yep. I, I just want to mention because I've brought this guy up before, he's been talked about since. So, Ben King at the Suns mm-hmm. played poorly against Carlton, in fairness, they didn't give him much service. Had a good game on the weekend against Gold Coast, in fairness, not up against much uh, against Hawthorne. Sorry, out of contract at the end of next year. And I said that clubs would come to him, would, would come for him at the end of this year. I still think there'll be clubs that'll ask the question. Yeah, the most likely scenario I think with Ben King unless like if they lost their last nine games of the season and the place just completely capitulated he's probably moving right but if they stay pretty competitive and you know very dependent on the coach um, King really close with Sui Ju yep. I think he just some um, it could even be this year but I think either postseason or early in the season next year he just re-signs for another two Okay, he's on shit tons of cash as he should be because who else the Gold Coast paying at that level I think he just re-signs for two more years at similar money to what he's on does it uh, take him to free agency? And takes him to free agency. Yeah. And so what that does is it, it guarantees him good cash, and then guarantees that he can make his own decision, right? As opposed to rushing for a trade now. And like, you know, Gold Coast would re-sign him for two more years in a, you know, heartbeat. It's like yeah. where do we sign? Um. But yeah, I, I'd be surprised if King isn't playing at the Gold Coast for for twenty four and twenty five. But it's still a big. It's still a big nine weeks for the yeah. Suns because they need to prove to these
1: young guns that they have that we're on the right track. Another one of those is Ben Ainsworth. Now, I expect him to stay at Gold Coast. He's got a contract for 2024. Don't think he's going anywhere. Good good player. Yeah. Eight coaches votes on the weekend is one of their best yep. in that win over Hawthorne. I expect clubs will ask the question for him. That mid sized small forward type. I was going to say, can... what position is he? I think he was drafted as a mid-forward but he's probably spent more time forward, hasn't he? I think the Suns thought he would end up being a, a
0: midfielder for him. Yeah, okay, that could push forward. And but he's turned up being sort of he's turned into he's turned himself into being like quite a a more than handy marking small forward. Yeah, he's sort of like an Elliot, but less mercurial yeah. and
1: and probably more capable of midfield yeah. time. But he's he's an interesting player to gauge value on. Well, there's a market for Jay Gresham right now, and this guy's younger than Jay Gresham and probably got more upside. Uh, Oh, gee. Uh, Yeah, okay. Different. Different. Because Gresham's more
0: your outside class and polish and probably a bit more agile, right? Yeah. Ainsworth's probably not as quick and a little bit more inside. Yeah. Am I saying anything unreasonable there?
1: No. I I sort of see them as a little bit similar, but when you put it like that- Gresham's got a lot of money. Yeah So that's why the Saints Are sort of saying Hey who wants Jade So you know Just uh, I can't see the Suns Dealing with him Because he got one year to go And they would see him As a big part of their future yep. Um In that same group You know With Raoul Anderson King yeah, Right in that Sweet spot for age Now nah, you, you keep your hands with. But I think There'll be clubs Picking up the phone Around him Is he Victorian Yes Yep Gippsland way That's right Yeah Vic country yep. boy uh,
0: Okay into Nuts and bolts
1: Tim Kelly Yes. One of the great mature age draftees of our time. Taken in the 2017 draft at pick 24. Amazing. Five years after he was first eligible. Is this
0: a Stephen Wells special? Yeah. Those of you who just started listening to tradies or aren't aware, Stephen Wells, the the guru, long-time list manager of the Geelong Footy Club. It's basically put together a lot of their teams that have been so successful in the last... 20, 25 years.
1: Yeah. Now, he didn't really come onto the proper AFL whiteboards or the, the draft system until probably two or three years out. So, it's not like he was putting up amazing numbers and he's been overlooked for five years. I think it was only really two or three years out that he was properly in the consideration. Still a long time in footy though, isn't it? Yeah. Given how competitive things are. Yeah. But yeah, I take your point. A staff for South Fremantle and the year he got drafted, it was like, yeah, geez, this guy can go. Um, and,
0: and ready to go.
1: Yeah twenty three when he was picked up, twenty-four. Now the Eagles had picks in that draft. They were pretty well stocked in that year's draft. They had Jared Brander, they took a pick thirteen. Oscar Allen at pick twenty one. Great pick. Brander a bit of a miss. Allen amazing. Yeah. But I think every other club at the time would have taken Jared Brander. He was the oh. He was the young, like one ninety four key position and play both play, ends. Played both ends, had a
0: beautiful left foot on him. He didn't have a dominant from memory he didn't have a dominant year draft year.
1: No, he was also in the conversation of like whether the Giants could have him part of their academy, but they missed out. Remember he was, he was from yeah, up on the border? Yeah, that was border. when they got... He got... Uh, Brander and Spargo are the ones
0: that got taken off them, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Charlie Spargo. Yep. Yeah. I think Spargo was a GWS Academy boy Sounds that was right. boarding at Melbourne Grammar.
1: Yeah. And Brander was boarding at Geelong College or Grammar? One yep. Of them? I'm going to say 90% of teams would have taken Brander in the top okay. 15, 20 picks. And then the Cats take Kelly at 24. And the Eagles take Ryan at 26, Liam Ryan. Um, so, Alan and Ryan, stars of that footy club. And you can't really begrudge West Coast. But the Cats took a, took a chance on a player with a young family yep. who had to make the move all the way across town. In 2018, his first year of AFL footy, he's gone from playing waffle, starring at that level, steps up to AFL in a midfield stacked at the Cats. Shows them that he's every bit the star himself. He goes runner-up in the best and fairest in 2018 behind Mark Blitzarbs, who won that year. Amazing. He tries to break his contract at the end of 2018. After one year. After one year. Go-home factor, young family, a lot of considerations for him to to move home. Um, Cat's not happy. Cat's not happy doing everything they can to keep him, but still puts that request in. And and on the last day of the trade period, it was still a live option. The Cats and the Eagles we still chatting. Given he was under contract, Geelong actually brought in Fremantle into part of conversations too at the time, given the, the talk was from Kelly and his family He wanted to go home to WA. Well, the Cats thought, well, hang on, you're under contract. We're gonna If, if you are going to move, we're going to do what's best for us and bring in Fremantle because they were sort of talking with, you know, a bit more game than West Coast at the time. Right. But Kelly was adamant he still wanted to only go to West Coast. Right. Never moved. And the big part of that, not only were they ha- had a star player, but what like we talked about with Nick Dacos earlier in this year, they had a player on their books playing at about $750 to $850,000 in value, playing on 180 to $200,000 in that year. So the the Cats had a star on their books, but they also had a player playing well below his Yep. Oh sorry, he was playing well above his wage at the time. He was the ultimate overs. Yeah. in the over under segment. Given the the contract you locked into in your first 2 years of AFL footy. Yeah. He was a runner up in the best and fairest. It was a situation that the
0: game will probably never see again. Yeah. To pick to have someone hidden away at the lower level yep. and then to bring him in and make such an instant impact where yep. he's basically playing like three or four times his value. Yeah. Or three or four spots on a list he's
1: almost taking up. Yeah. It's it's pretty remarkable to look back on it. It almost I think set off the catalyst for Richmond to do what they did with Marlon Pickett. Uh, yeah, okay. a few years later. Same management, same local footy club and Anthony Vander Willen. Um, in that he was a twenty seven year old at the time and was starring and many people thought that he'd... You know, he'd missed his chance, broke his hand. He came into Richmond at the time and had to sit out the first four or five weeks of training because he'd broken his hand. Yeah. Marlon Pickett. Marlon was probably, in fairness to him, slightly more of a risk given true given his history.
0: Yeah. Whereas Tim had none of that.
1: Yeah. He was a sparky, working full-time, yeah. young family, Tim Kelly, uh, starring for South Fremantle. Now, so at the end of that year, I think the Cats wanted picks 20 and 22 plus a first rounder. It just wasn't going to get done. Um, Then he goes again back to the club in 2019. This is a guy who went back home to WA in the offseason, goes back to Geelong, young family. He goes better again in his second year. All Australian, top five in the Brownlow, and he was second in the best and fairest behind Paddy Dangerfield in the year Geelong. Just miss out to make the grand final. Tom Lynch went bananas in that prelim and the Cats miss out again. Cats tried and tried. Chris Scott's language all year was that we're going to make allowances for this guy. We're going to do everything we can to keep him. He can have extra time in WA. The Cats were putting, uh, you know, Brian Cook, CEO at the time, they were putting a different package to Tim Kelly and his family in terms of, you know, extra flights, time back in WA after away games, all these sorts of things. But still, he just wanted to go home. It was the first trade done of the 2019 trade period. Uh, Tim Kelly goes from Geelong to West Coast for two first-round picks and two second-round picks. Like, it's a, it's a big hand that gives up. It was essentially a, a pick one or two in the draft value index when you look at the points.
0: And West Coast are coming off winning the flag in yep. 18 and still think that they're in the window. Yeah. So, you don't – just from my point before, you don't – I don't begrudge them backing the truck up to go again, but it's – how much how much are you putting in the truck? Yeah. You know, like, it's – they just they gave way too much for him. Yeah. And Geelong played it beautifully. I mean, they mean they, they probably had a bit of luck along the way, given mm-hmm. that he was almost better in his second year than his first year. Yeah. But they had all the leverage. Yes. Although he was, he was out of contract. He was out of contract. So, yeah. Well played Geelong, I Well think.
2: played
1: Geelong, and West Coast probably paid overs, but they were desperate on this guy, they, and they wanted to commit they, to him. They got their man. It was yep. a six-year deal at $800,000 plus a season. <sighs> It's a bit more than you earning, working as a Sparky and playing for South Freo Slightly more, yeah. Um, it's sort of, it's chief football reporter at Channel 7 sort of wages. I have to get Tom on and ask him that. <laughs> uh, pick 14- Pick twenty four, pick thirty three, and a twenty twenty first rounder. So the Cats take Cooper Stevens at fourteen. Could have been Mitch Georgiadis had the Eagles have held that pick. It's not great because Stevens has ended up um, ended up at Hawthorn. Yeah, twenty four. The Cats actually on traded that to Gold Coast so the Suns could take Jeremy Sharp at twenty four. The Cats got a pick ten back for the year after. Who did that end up being? They used that as well as the twenty twenty first rounder they got part of the Kelly deal. So, two first round picks they used for Jeremy Cameron. Yeah. So, two-thirds of, well, essentially more than two-thirds of Tim Kelly's trade the Cats use for Jeremy Cameron, who is a premiership player in his second year at the Cats. So, just to really signpost it, they've
0: found a bloke in the waffle mm-hmm. who's 23. Yeah. Used a pick in the 20s on him. He's then been basically in the best few players in the competition for the best part of
1: two years. Yeah. On 180 grand then probably and. 110- 240 grand the next year.
0: They're forced into trading him, and they turn the large majority of that into a generational full forward. Yeah, we sit here and dissect every week why it is football clubs are succeeding and why they're failing. That these are the decisions <laughs> that they they make or break. Yeah, you know, and look what's look what's happened to West Coast. Now, T- Tim Kelly going to West Coast isn't the reason that they are the way they are, but <sighs> when you add it all up, he's. That, that deal is one of the reasons that they have become yeah. hamstrung in their ability to change quickly. Yep. And Geelong have, in that entire time, stayed relevant.
1: I had a laugh reading the West Coast. I went back doing some research on this today in terms of the fallout and what the picks are yep. worth. Yep. This is on the West Coast website talking about the Tim Kelly trade. Ooh. In effect, the Eagles gave up two first-round selections and two second-round selections to Geelong and also released Tom Hickey to Sydney. In return, the deal they netted, Kelly, Jamison, mm. Luke Edwards, mm. Isaiah Winder, Rhett Bazo, Sam Petrovsky, Seaton. Mm. Now, there's more names there. That is not it A as well. Yeah. does not A as well for West Coast. And just getting back to the original Tim Kelly trade, two first-rounders and two second-rounders at the end of 2019, they're 22-year-olds on your list right now, 23-year-olds. So, And you go to West Coast list, and I will just talk, talk a bit more about the Eagles. On their list right now, under the age of 24, it's really only Oscar Allen and Ruben Jinby. Jimby. There's not much else to play with. They, uh, there's one other... Uh, where's my book? Elijah Hewitt. 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 Yeah, he's going to be a good player. Yeah. Um, Probably... We haven't seen heaps on exposed form, but he looks yeah. likely, doesn't he? So, if you're asking why West Coast are in the hole they are right now, and one of the reasons is that they've given up two first-round picks of players who would now be 22 to 23 years of age yeah. that are no longer in their list because they've got a player like Tim Kelly who has been ser- more than serviceable for them. He's been a very good player for West Coast in a midfield that's been exposed at times. He's had to, He's gone from being the third banana at Geelong to being the number one guy in that midfield. Um, that is a big hole in your list when it comes to the future of your footy club for yeah, a player I, who's now you know, 28, 29. I think, I mean, without... Without sounding
0: like I'm trying to split the atom here, <laughs> like, the thing is about when you're trading early picks, and the early picks are first and second rounders, right? I mean, mainly first, but early second rounders in the, in the early 20s, they count. When you're trading those, you're basically raising a flag and waving it around saying that we think that we don't need them right now, and mm-hmm. we think that our list profile's at a point where we can improve naturally mm-hmm. with what we've got plus what we're bringing in outside of the draft. Like, that's the simple way of looking at yeah. it. And that's why, like we've been talking a lot about Carlton this year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they've been on posting. You know, when you yeah. trade first round picks for Sard, yeah. when you trade first round picks for Chera, when you know you bring in these guys and say, and you trade your second round picks for Akers and, and this sort of stuff, you're saying, "We, you go and get free agents, Zach Williams. We are going to improve." Yeah, they've gone the other way. Yeah. Now this this has happened times ten at West Coast because they've done a few things. Like you look at the GAF deal. How good does giving Gaff to North Melbourne look now? Now, it's a little bit more harsh, isn't it? Because there's a few mm. more intricacies there, intricacies there, and you don't like trading fabric players of your club, which Andrew Gaff is. Yeah. But when you add all these decisions together, saying, no, we think we're good now. No, we think we're good now. And then the arse falls out. It's, you know, as Pete Ryan wrote this amazing column in The Age this week um, on Monday, and he, his simple, simple line, and it was, this has been of their own doing they have made their bed yep. and now they are forced to line it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a big hole they've dug themselves in and you've just, you've shined a big light on how they've got down there.
1: Is it, if, is it your view that they, yeah. it's going to get worse?
0: Well, you said that a few weeks ago and it, yeah. I sat there and, and thought about it and I, it was a scary
1: thought to be honest. Like, yeah. have they bottomed out yet? I don't think they have. When you got Hearn, Nick Nat. Now, a lot of these guys aren't playing right now. So in terms of, you know, they're not going to be losing by 170 points next year, I don't think. Those guys that are missing. But in terms of the list profile, they're the 10th oldest list in the comp this year. They're cooked. They're, they're, you they've know, like they've cooked like Hawthorne is, is well down in 18th. And they we all know where Hawthorne sits. Like, this list at West Coast has still got a bit of falling to do in terms of its, its age profile and its senior experience. This is a grab from um, Scott Cummings speaking on SENWA this morning um, talking about the Eagles list. Is a really passionate eagles man scotty and he wouldn't be saying these things lightly
0: there, there are some things that are just not negotiables and that's and effort's the number one thing and what i saw on the weekend was just putrid from senior players who have been there a long long time who keep saying how much they love the club well at the moment i'm seeing players play for cash not for their club they're, they're playing for contracts and if if there's there's a handful of players that if they decide to go on at the end of the year, they are playing for money.
1: If some senior players go on, they'll be only playing for cash next year. It's pretty strong from a guy who's- Yeah, it is. He's a strong West Coast name. Because it's- I mean, Scotty would know much more than us, right? Because he's, yep. he's hes played the game we haven't. But
0: it's just about the worst thing that you can be accused of mm. as a footballer. Yeah, like You're basically being called a mercenary. Yeah. And I, I think that if you, if you spoke to any footballer and accused them of playing for cash yeah. and not the emblem- that you'd want to get out of the right hook zone. Because yeah, it's you know this is what players players ultimately play footy for 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 success for team success. That's what they're all there
1: to do: is to win a premiership medal. And looking at their list in terms of who the guys he would be talking about, well, Shannon Hearns, you think goes now given yep. his age and his soft tissues of been, been one recurring. of the best
0: servants of that club oh. in
1: its in its history. Phenomenal player, but you know Luke Shuey. Is ter- just turned thirty three. Oh, he was- he's a tough one though because he was the only one that tried. It looked like yeah. the only one that tried on the weekend, and really strong comments from him on the weekend as well, saying that there might be not some of our teammates not might not be up to it.
0: Yeah, they're in a massive hole. I've got I've got lots more to, to say about West Coast and the contract situation with their coach. I think yeah. is slightly off topic for us, but we can get into it in in future weeks. I think we're going to be talking about them for a while yet. Hey, you put out the call for voice memos. Yeah, last week they've poor old Scotty's been sitting in his desk for the last four days filtering through them. So we've got, I think we've got one footy one and one non-footy one. Let's go footy first.
2: Um, I just wanted to maybe delve a bit deeper into
0: why Tom Levatore over his whole career has uh, just really just signed one year, two year deals despite being a pretty good and impactful player and um, if he's ever actually been on the trading or chopping block. Anyway, we're sure the best. That's from Spence. And I just wanted to be honest with our, our listeners. So early days in... Tradies, yeah. We pre-listen to voice notes so that we could, you know, make a couple of calls, do a couple of notes, sound like we're really informed. But uh, Scotty, our, our our leader, our producer, has has said we're going to change it up and we're going to give you blind voice messages, blind voice messages. That doesn't really sound good. Um, so that we can just go with stuff on the run and see how we can handle questions on the fly. So thank you, Spence. W- what a fascinating career, mm. Tom Libretore. Has had obviously the son of a Brownlow medalist, came through St Kevin's, um, same year level as Mitch Wallace. Uh, good friends, also a son of a gun, really good player at a high level since he started. He obviously had a couple of um, well documented off field issues that the club helped him through. Um, has recently, or um, well, in the last recently the last few years, become a father, and his football Mitch has always stayed. Pretty bloody consistent. And that's why it is an an excellent question from Spence. You know, with all these big long-term contracts mm. flying around, why the
1: one and two-year extensions? And do you think he was ever a chance of leaving the Dogs? He's a fabric of that footy club. I don't think there was ever a chance really for a club to come after him. And, and trying to think back, Sam, there's not too many clubs I can think of that's ever been really linked to him in a heavy way.
0: No, I'm just trying to think as well. So, um, I'm just looking at his contract history. So, started as a rookie, then signed a three-year extension. This is early days, 14 to 16. So, obviously, they win the flag in 16. Signs an extension to the end of 18 there. So, another two-year deal. Mm. And then a one-year extension, end of 19, and then two two two-year extensions since then. So, he hasn't signed a three-year contract since basically his first year out of being a rookie. I've come up with three reasons to
1: answer Spencer's question. Just One, then,
0: or did you actually pre-listen to Spencer's voice message and I'm? It's just me here. Just this then. The first time. Oh, okay. this is
1: all. So there's not lot to come up. With this then. might not come up really succinctly, but I'm going to try. Okay, just quickly. One, he did his knee in 2018, in the last year of that contract.
0: Ah, oh, that's of course. Yeah,
1: I remember. So that hasn't really ever been. It hasn't really so that's, why the, a that's why to, the one-year
0: deal where they basically kept him on the list. Yeah.
1: Did he play much in 19? I'm just trying to remember. Played one game in okay, 2019. Okay, so, th- so there you go. Oh, sorry, played one game in 2018 and then did his knee, I think in round one that year, and then came back late in 2019. <sighs> okay, so he did his knee at the start of an
0: end of contract.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, yep. so that makes sense. Sorry, so he yeah, did his knee in 2018. Yep. Two two is I reckon the Bulldogs have wanted to keep him keen, just given the off-field things you spoke about, keep him playing on edge a yep. little bit. So that's my second item. And three is the inside midfielder has never really been a sexy player in terms of the open market and another club coming. No. So it's not like a Degowie last year where he was fending off big offers from um, St. Kilda to, to leave Collingwood. You know, he's a match winner. It's not like a key position forward or back or even like a Ruckman. The inside midfielder is almost just gets left behind a bit when it comes to the open Trading. Like Tom Mitchell got a three year deal at Collingwood last year, but he's a Brownlow medalist and he's, you know, exemplary yeah. exemplary record. Hawthorne's paying a bit of it. Uh, it was a need for Collingwood. I, I just think, think it's about 45 times. yeah Yeah. Oh, Tom Liberatore is a, a phenomenal player and he's been super for that Bulldogs midfield. Probably gets forgotten a bit around McCray and Bont and stuff. There's not many players
0: that you could say in the last five years, and this is again off the top of my head, I'm sure they'll be. Instagram messages flooding uh, the tradies' account, castigating me for this. But like, that w- would have got a game consistently with all eighteen clubs. Yeah, Tom would have. Yep. Because he's such a barometer, and if he's in there firing, it just lifts everyone around him. Yeah, he's as tough as they come. He's much more creative with the footy than he gets recognised for. Mm-hmm. I reckon. Like just the little things he does in tight um, has shown an ability to go forward and and kick goals and kick crucial goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just one of the most loved teammates. I mean, you just you ask any any player at the Bulldogs about Tom Libertore and they just light up. Yeah, you know, because he's quirky and he's got a great sense of humour and like he's he's just constantly keeping people on edge. <laughs> he's um, doesn't give a shit a lot of the time. Yeah, I think that's one of the beautiful things about him. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it'd be hard being the son of a great like that. Yeah, I mean Tony Liberatore is a name that's so synonymous with. The Western Bulldogs, particularly in the period of time where he was playing. And then Tom comes in, he's like, I should just want to be myself. Yeah. And we have Simpson tattoos on my arms and like, <laughs> just whatever. He just beats to his own drum and I think that's worked for him. And I think the Bulldogs have handled him really well. Thank you, uh, Spence. Please keep the voice notes coming. We we love um we love the short ball that we're not ready for. So let's keep doing that. Let's keep not listening to voice. and don't sneak out the back before we go on and pre listen to them. Okay, uh, do, know, do know you like to be organised. It's a deal. Uh, we've got one from Alex now and I am I'm, I'm told from Scott this is not football related. So this will be interesting, even better. Alex.
2: G'day guys, how you going? Look, I've got this voice chat story that I've been sitting on. It's been stewing away at me and I'm finally gonna I'm finally gonna let it rip. Well, completely unrelated to the theme of this whole podcast, but I oh don't know, I thought I thought you guys might enjoy. It. So if you're anything like me, you'll enjoy starting the day off with a coffee. Right. So I always head to the same coffee shop. Just locally. Anyway, I keep, I keep bumping into the same barista who keeps, you know, giving me my coffee. Oh my God. God, You know, she, she looks pretty nice. So (laughs) I start getting chatting to her, whatever, right? Anyway, this sort of spans out for the course of three or four months, something like that. And it's getting to the stage where I'm like, all right, I've got to make a move here eventually. It's got to happen. Anyway, I rock up one day and she's like, oh, today's actually my last day. So I go my phone bring up the contacts page, I turn around my phone, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm gonna be needing this then. Right, turn around my phone. It's a picture of the contact page, and she looks at me like she wasn't. She wasn't entirely convinced. <laughs> if I'm being totally honest, oh, no. she didn't seem that keen. But anyway, she put the number in. Right, so anyway, I let it simmer for a couple of days. Then it gets to the point where I'm like, "All right, I've got to give her something. Here. I've got to open up with something." And rather just going the traditional text, I go, "Nah, let let me bring some flair into this yes. off the bat by sending a voice chat." Anyway, I'm not quite sure how I managed to send a voice chat that went for forty seconds long. So she must have thought I was recording an audio book or something or a <laughs> podcast and, um yeah, she never ended up responding. Oh, so, no. <laughs> I think the voice oh. chat off the bat, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm having second thoughts on oh.
0: it. Alex, that that's, that has really saddened me. Alex has such a great voice too. Such, I, I'm, how can he say no to that? I'm looking at you the whole time going, do we know this guy? Like, he needs to be in radio. So, he's done the three to four-month prep work. Mm. She's then basically thrown him a curveball late and said, this is my last day. So, he's gone for it. Hail Mary, which is just amazing. Great courage. And she's given him the number and he's gone the voice message and she's left him on red. What do we think about the length? Because Alex himself- No, you know, a bit no of, 40 bit seconds of... is, is the hitting zone. Right. It can't be less than 30. It's not going to be like- Hey, Fiona, um, this is Alex from the coffee shop. Just wanted to say, hey. Like You're not going to say that, right? Are you? Probably not. No, you put in a little bit more. I, I would love to know if Alex can voice note us back. I'd love to know the contents of the voice mm. note. But look, I, I think that it sounds like she wasn't that keen and she's just given the, the, the number to be nice. The good news is it wasn't a fake number. Having said that, how do I know?
1: It may have been a fake number. That's true. <laughs> so the fake number a possibility. If you're out there and you've received a voicemail from Alex and you're not the barista? If you know the barista that left
0: he didn't she didn't even leave Alex on red, she's left him on heard. <laughs> if you know the barista who left Alex on heard, please contact us at Tradies. I've lost, it has nothing
1: to do with football and we're completely fine with that. I've lost all faith in society after hearing such a good voice. You know, like with a voice like Alex's, you can't be sending a text. That's a that's a voice memo voice.
0: Have you ever sent a girl a message? like someone that you've met and she hasn't responded. Oh. Pre- Pre-Kate. Kate won't mind. It's okay. This is b- the single bitch time. I believe so. I would. <laughs> when,
2: you're when laughing. You, you're when, laughing. You say,
0: when you say you believe so, don't, that's a yes. Yeah, thank you. It's like when you ask. You I'm ask, trying to think. It was a long t- would have been a long time ago. It's like when you ask a footy club a, a question <laughs> and they try to answer like, I don't believe at this time. It's like, well, if you don't know, you're not doing your job. So, just answer the question. You knew. That's okay. It's you? Ha- happened to the best of us. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's happened before. Yeah, not one of my finest days. Uh, thank you, Alex. And thank you, Spence. Please keep the voice notes coming. It's been a longer episode, but there has been a lot to mm. get through. One more thing before we go. Well done on not being able to get Damien Hardwick a week ago at the ground you've walked up to him asked him for an interview and he said no and five days later he goes goes and does a podcast with dill buckley so obviously he was fucking, he was just really hard to get hold of dimmer <laughs> and dimmer's, dimmer's dropped a bit drummer dimmer has dropped about four back page quotes yep. in deals podcast that he could have given to you a
1: week earlier if there's one person you're happy to cop it to, it's Dill buckley <sighs> he's the podcast king yeah just before we go i forgot uh, we got a bit of feedback to last week's nuts and bolts what was last week? I can't I can't even remember how I got here. Brody so. Grundy. Yep. Uh, suggesting that the offer that we suggested that Adelaide put to Grundy wasn't maybe as uh, as concrete as what we let on. Can you stop talking in code? I don't even... What, what, who rang you we and said what? <laughs> I was making a, a number of calls and uh, last week and it came up in conversation, hey, uh, that nuts and bolts you did, just maybe wind back on how strong the Adelaide ah, offer to Grundy was the seven years before he re-signed at Collingwood. Is that how it was... Is that the language that was used just maybe wind back yeah maybe just wind back a little bit as if
0: clubs have some sort of intrinsic power on what we're supposed to say <laughs> Ad-
1: anyway I'm- adelaide not accepting something that happened in the past i never thought i'd hear the day <laughs> i'm uh, open to all feedback from from voice memos from alex to anything so i would just like to pass it on when we get it
0: well I, in the space of us recording this i've had two Calls from two heads of football. <laughs> Should I we think, do one of those live calls back live? I think both of them are going to be negative phone calls. So I'll do that on the uh, on the journey into ra- into work. Good luck with that. Thank you. I hope everyone's watching Footy Classified this week. Uh, a couple of the hosts uh, on leave. Sam Slam and uh, the Slam is out, but hosting is in. Uh, two weeks and done. The Slam. I can't host and slam. You can rewrite the rules of TV. I could, but. We have to let other people speak as well. Okay. Thank you for joining us. Follow Tradies on Spotify, subscribe to iTunes or iHeart, wherever you listen to your pods. And if you want to get in touch with us, particularly Mitch at Cleary underscore Mitch, that's with an L, not a capital I, fake tweeters. And also (laughs) via Tradies Instagram and TikTok accounts at Tradies. Got a movie for me this week? Uh, Have you seen the movie Seven? No. Okay. Seven is the number one movie. It's my, my number one. Seven's number one in a lot of things. What do you mean? Oh, you made a numbers joke. Sorry, went straight out of my head. Channel 7. Oh, you made it. Okay. Yeah. I don't care at all. Ronaldo is better than Messi, number 7. I don't care at all about ratings of TV networks. Okay. Like, like, not even slightly. Okay. Um, seven, Brad Pitt. So, young Brad Pitt, early Morgan Freeman. Uh, Kevin Spacey, who plays... Oh, I'm not going to ruin it for you. Uh, young Gwyneth Paltrow. She's it's a lineup. I think before... Brad and Gwyneth started dating, you're probably not aware of this, Um, and directed by a small name of David Fincher, who's probably in the conversation, along with the likes of Scorsese and Spielberg, of one of the most um, impactful directors of the last 30 years. Okay. Done. Seven. Not spelled S-E-V-E-N, spelled S-E-7-E-N. Okay. Mm, It's about a serial killer uh, who kills on seven deadly sins. I'm tuning in. It's dark though. Like if you thought the departed was dark. It's it's don't don't watch it if you're a little bit emotional. Like watch it at a happy time in your life. Okay. Okay. So this week with Kate? Yep. Okay. Seven. Next week. Thanks for tuning in everyone. We'll see you next week. Enjoy your week. Thank you for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, it would be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share it with your friends. So if you want to get in touch, share feedback, suggestions, or to advertise with one of our podcasts, then simply email hello at com. Thanks for tuning in.